Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Celebrate This. I'm your host, Marlena Benjamin, a.k.a. Marby. And we are now on episode seven of Celebrate This. I've now done seven podcasts. That's absolutely amazing. Now, last week, I had my sister Janelle Benjamin on. And I got great feedback from that episode, great reviews. You guys really seem to like listening to us talk to each other. And that's awesome. Now, if you really like listening to my sister, she actually has a YouTube channel. If you type in all things equitable, which is the name of her company, if you type that into the YouTube browser, it will pop up. You will see that's her channel. You can subscribe. She has segments on there in which she interviews people. She and it's uh, she has a segment called White and Woke at Work. Now, that segment is basically her interviewing white people about their awareness of anti-racism and their journey to, to getting there, to being active against racism. And it's really interesting. It's, it's, it's awesome interviews, awesome topics, and people that have, are doing amazing things for the Black community. And they're doing like way more than me. They're making me look bad, <laughs> making me want to step my game up. And that term woke basically means awake and aware of what's going on. And, you know, as opposed to just very ob- oblivious to racism issues, race issues in the world, you know? So I encourage you to check it out. It's really good stuff. And it also kind of teaches you on, you know, it gives you kind of sensitivity training on not saying or doing anything ignorant, you know, as, as like kind of minimizing that ignorance as much as possible. Now, last week, let's go back to last week. Okay. So I, I uploaded the episode on Tuesday. I apologize for that. I it's, I'm, my goal is to, to upload on Mondays, um, but definitely it'll be every week. So if, if it's not Mondays, it will definitely be the next day, but stick to the Monday theme because Mondays people, a lot of people hate Mondays. So that's why I wanted to upload on Monday so that it's something to look forward to. If you're not a fan of Mondays, then you will be because this podcast will make you look forward to it. You know, that's my goal, but you can listen to it whenever it's not, not mandatory that you listen to it on Monday. It's just, that's when it's uploaded. Now I, um, on the Monday I had uh, technical issues as well as it was my niece's birthday. She turned three and it was just a full day a whole day just devoted to, and I was working and I had a bit of technical issues uploading the episode. So that's why I uploaded Tuesday. So I apologize for that. Now, last week, what also happened, honey? Okay. Now I have a few topics here. Okay. So let's just get right into the topics. So the first topic, as you may or may not know, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry did an interview with Oprah and that was a lot. It was a lot. A lot of people had some things to say about that, you know, now before I'm not going to go too much into the interview itself, maybe another week I'll talk about it. However, okay. What I will say about that is that even before I saw the interview, I knew what was she was going to say. I was so hoping that it wouldn't have been about race. I was hoping that it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been about it, about race. But I, needless to say, I wasn't surprised. You know, 
I'm, I, and I also will say that I'm disappointed in the situation itself. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that there's always many sides to the story. So we got Megan and Harry's side, you know, and I don't think that we'll be hearing the other side, like, you know, everybody's side to it because in their minds, they probably feel like they didn't do anything wrong. You know, um, that's how, that's how things go. Like, you know, it's with stories. Everyone feels like, oh, it's their fault. You know, everyone's pointing fingers, but it is a sad story. I do believe Megan, of course, I believe her. I'm sorry that she had to go through that. I just feel like it's just a hot mess. It's just a royal mess. And I hope that they get it together. The queen issued a statement. I'm not going to read it, but it was something along the lines of, you know, the issues of race are concerning and we're going to get through this as a family privately, you know? So it is, it's a hard, it's hard talking about racism and race and, and discrimination and all that is hard. I honestly was surprised that they even allowed Harry to marry her, not because of her race, but that's one of the reasons, but it's more the fact that she's American, the fact that she's a commoner, the fact that she has humble, she comes from humble beginnings, you know, like her parents are not together and, um, you know, all that, the whole class stuff, you know? So I was actually surprised. So, but anyways, that's not one of the topics. The topics the topic is that um, there were a lot of people giving their opinions about the, the interview. Now, Piers Morgan is one of those people who were giving their opinion about it. And on International Women's Day, the very next day after the interview, he basically called her a liar. He basically blatantly called her a liar. And at the time, I think a lot of people just didn't realize that he has like a personal vendetta against her. But after he gave his opinions about Megan's interview, he, yeah, he wasn't feeling it at all. He, he basically said that she's a liar, you know, and diminished her claims and cries of racism and mental health and, you know, just depression and like, Come on, man. Like he, you can, you don't have to agree with everything that you hear, but you don't have to so aggressively refute somebody's experience, you know, like, and so angrily. So it is confusing. He walked off the show later on. He quit his show at good morning Britain because he was so, you know what I think he did? I think he quit before they fired him because there was a lot of complaints. I think 40,000 complaints against him. Um, Megan called in as as well. She was one of those 40,000 complaints. And yeah, man, I think it was one of those situations where he's like, you know what? You're not going to fire me. I quit. You know, so he can say, oh, no, 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 you didn't fire me. I quit. I quit. I don't really need this shit. (laughs) Okay. It was definitely a strategy because they they probably were going to fire him, you know? But going on with that. So now you guys ever watch the talk or know what the talk is? It's it's one of those panelist shows like The View or The Social or The Real, all the, those types of shows where you have a bunch of women talking and giving their views on topics in the media, you know, and in politics and whatnot. So now Sharon Osbourne is friends with Piers Morgan, and she gave her opinions about his reaction 
to the whole royal interview or not the royal interview but the megan mark megan markle interview with oprah now Piers received a lot of backlash a lot of people thought he was very insensitive he was racist and all that and sharon osborne had a hard time understanding how he was how he's being looked at as racist and she although she didn't agree with everything he said she did say that he has the right to voice his opinion and she believes in freedom of speech and that's her friend and blah 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 you know now my opinion about this okay you can support your friend all you want but when your friend is being insensitive and he is looking like a racist in these streets and you say, I support him. What the hell? You know, pick, that's, not, that's not a smart way to support your friend. By throwing yourself down is not the way to support your friend. You can support your friend in other ways. Like you could privately DM him and say, you know, I, I understand where you were coming from, but you got to, you know, like kind of school your friend too. like you got to do better or, or whatever. Or maybe she. But if you publicly say I stand by you while he is looking like a racist, honey, or just a plain out jerk, then people are going to associate you with that. And that's to me, that's a simple, simple analysis or simple comparison right there. It's a link, you know, now. Really quickly, I just want to say the whole freedom of speech thing is is dumb, you know, like to say that, like, obviously we have freedom of speech and freedom of speech is, is great. But when people say, oh, you, oh, we, this freedom of speech, let me give you a comparison to what it's like. Right. Because it kind of just comes out of nowhere. People just kind of throw that like, oh, well, it's freedom of speech. So because your freedom of speech doesn't mean that you have the right to say something negative and mean and, and hurtful, you know, you have the right to diminish somebody's cries for racism. That's not what freedom of speech is. That would be like if somebody kicked in my window and you come along and say, oh, well, you have the right to have legs. And it's just like, okay, so because I have the right to, they have the right to have legs. That means they have the right to use them to kick in my window. Like, obviously you have the right to have legs. That's fine. But it's how you use that. So yeah, we have freedom of speech. We have freedom to use our words and our language. I mean, I'm using my words and my language on this podcast right now, but I don't have the right to bash somebody and drag them and make them feel and diminish a whole group of people and diminish their suffering, you know? So I think sometimes people just really don't understand how they can be racist and they, they actually dig themselves in deeper, which is what exactly what Sharon Osbourne did. So she came to her friend's defense and then got into more hot water. And so she was like, wait a minute now, why are people calling me racist? And her co-hosts on the talk. So this is Wednesday on the talk, her co-hosts, Cheryl Underwood and Elaine, I don't know her last name, but the two other black girls on the show, two black girls on the show, I should say, because there's only two um, black women. They basically, they very carefully and very intelligently and calmly explained to her that she, number one, that she's not a racist, that they, that they don't think she's a racist. And number two, the reason why people think she's a racist is because she is not anti-racist. You know what I mean? Like she's not like she, her, her speech about, being like standing with peers while he's being looked at as a racist that's why people think you're racist you know and then she 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 handled that horribly 
Um, she cussed and she acted so unprofessional. She was disrespectful to Cheryl Underwood, who was supposed to be her friend of how many years on that show. And I honestly, and she got dragged even more. And she's, I think she should just apologize, cut her losses and move on because it really, really was a bad look. And she's, she's making herself a victim and she's not. And all you really had to do, Sharon Osbourne, was shut the hell up. You need just shut up. Shut like nobody, like Piers can up. be your friend all day, but you really didn't need to throw yourself into the fire with him, you know. And then you didn't need you didn't need to yell at Sh Cheryl Underwood and tell her that she shouldn't be crying and she should be the one crying and all this stuff. And it's like there's nobody needs to cry, you know. Like you guys are just having this discussion about your friend Piers and his you know and his just his ways of of dealing with things is horrible we're just we're just talking about that so there was no need for her to get all uppity and crazy and and confrontational and cryy and all this stuff it just she just made it a, a bigger deal than it needed to be you know so my thoughts on that whole situation with the talk it was so uncomfortable to watch and then the next day they didn't even address it you know like she didn't even after she calmed down she didn't even publicly apologize they just had the other girl who wasn't even involved in all that say oh we're a family and sometimes we argue like we did yesterday and now we're back together today you know it was so fake, fake. you know and i honestly i can't watch that show no more like i i tape it like i normally uh we have it taped automatically on a pbr and I watched that whole segment with her just railing up and acting. It just got out of hand. It didn't start off that way. It started off very calm. I Listen, go watch it. I don't want to retell it, but go and watch that segment and you give your own opinion. What do you think? Because I think that Sharon was out of line. Um, I And I honestly don't think she's racist, but I think she is oblivious to the effects of racism and what what racism actually is. I think she feels like racism is like being a Ku Klux Klan member or something, you know, like that old timey racism when there's other ways, you know, and the, just the whole topic of racism is very exhausting and ugly and terrible, you know, and honestly, we, we shouldn't be throwing around the racism word, you know, unless we, you know, we can teach people like last week, my sister and I were talking about um, kind of, training people and helping people. I'm all about that, you know? I'm all about teaching people, especially people who want to learn, you know? But your way of wanting to learn shouldn't be yelling at people to educate you, Sharon Osborne. It shouldn't be crying. It shouldn't be making it about you. You're not a victim. So I'm gonna, my final thought on that is that she should publicly apologize to Sharon. I mean, Cheryl. Sharon Osborne should apologize to Cheryl. And that's my final thought on that. And damn y'all, like, let's not be divided up about this stuff. You know, like there's a lot going on. Let's keep it light and positive and happy and free, you know? And that's all I'm gonna say about that. It, it, again, race issues is so tiring, so tiring. And yeah, I, I, I'm not watching The View. I'm, the View, listen, I'm not watching The Talk <laughs> until things get better, you know? And, and if I was Cheryl, honestly, I would, I would be like, oh yeah, we're going to be right back after this commercial break. And I'd be like, listen to me, little redheaded bitch. I don't know who you think you're talking to, you know? 
Like you, but don't talk to me like that. I'm not the one. Like you know, like I, that that would be me. You know, but Cheryl Underwood handled it very classy. So good for her because I I don't I don't think I would have been able to con- com- compose myself. Maybe I could compose myself like if I'm at work and I can't cuss you here. You know, I will I will wait till after work and then cuss you in the parking lot or something like that or in the dressing room. But you getting cussed because you ain't making me look stupid. And and the way. I think I would have handled it the same way Cheryl did. Like I would have been in shock, like how she just kind of went crazy out of nowhere. Like we were talking calmly and then she just went crazy. You know, um, I would have been in shock, like, whoa, whoa, you know? And then my, my rage kind of just builds up. Like I, I, it starts at zero and then it just goes to a thousand. And then I would have probably like, yeah, it would have, it would have been a hot mess. So um, I can, I I definitely have to congratulate every any and anybody who can maintain their composure uh, when somebody is yelling at them and trying to embarrass them in front of the whole damn world. Now, anyways, moving on. My next topic. Okay, so what's what am I what am I gonna say? Oh yeah, the the what's that movie? Coming to America. I was gonna say the sound of music. I was I wanted to say the sound of music so badly, but I'm like, nah, nah, nah. It's not the sound of music. It's Coming to America, the sequel, peoples. Okay, so I watched it. I had to watch it twice, and I fell asleep twice. Now, don't let that deter you from watching the movie. What I will say about it is it's definitely, even before I saw it, I knew it wasn't going to live up to the hype of the first one. Of course not. It's been 30 years later, okay? I don't know why they insist upon doing these reboots um revamps sequels so many years after the fact you know and coming to america is a cult classic it can't be it can't be redone i i don't think so not on the level that it was at the first one to me it was like a serious movie with comedy in it with elements of comedy in it but it had a lot like the storyline was really good the actors were amazing and it just flowed naturally the the sequel it's it it's very unrealistic to me a lot of the stuff in there is unrealistic there was a lot of cornballism in it like corny shit and it was more of like a a comedy movie with serious elements in it you know so it's and it's a, if you just watch Coming to America 2 as its own movie and don't compare like don't compare it to the first one because you'll hate it. So watch it as just a movie. It's actually a good movie if you just watch it by itself. I know I fell asleep twice. No, but listen, I watched the the whole beginning. So I watched the whole beginning twice, okay? And the first time I was tired and I was on the couch and I was cold, so I wrapped up in the blanket and the fireplace came on. And when that heat hit me, I just what I went to sleep. I woke up a few times, but I went back to sleep, right? Um, but there were some parts in there that were that looked fun, it looked cool. The second time I drank so much wine, and so it's not the movie's fault. It's it's just me. I just keep being tired when I I, sh- I just stop being so tired when I watch the movie, you know? And give it a proper chance. But I I don't know if you know what? Maybe I'll watch it for a third time. I'll try to watch it again because I want to give it a fair chance, you know? But it's okay. They didn't have to make the sequel. You know, my it's so funny. I was saying this to my um my friend. She watched and she's she's a she loves coming to America. And I have another I have two friends that love coming to America. They know who they are. They listen to this podcast. Hello. Um, so 
yeah um and i i wanted their opinions because i know that they love the movie so much so i asked my my guy friend and he was like it was okay you know like it's not as good as the first but you know it was it was good you know and then my uh, my my friend my girlfriend she was like she liked it too but they didn't need to make it and and we were talking and she was like i think at this point they're just trying to give people jobs you know i think that's what the, what it is when they do these sequels and it's so true when they do these revamps and these reboots it's like they're they're just trying to get everybody all working together again but a lot of people have either died or you know um or just not with it anymore or just not I don't know, or maybe you can't really act that well. It's just a different time. It's been like 30 years, so I don't know, man. There were some parts in there that were unrealistic. Like, you know, I don't want to spoil it for those of you who are going to watch, but like the barbershop, they tried to keep it like with the same com comedic vibe as the first with the comedy, um, sorry, with the barbershop guys. And to me, they were old then. I, they would either be dead or not like, able to work in a barbershop anywhere they'd be too old so and the reverend and all that you know ugh, there was a lot of silly shit but overall they they did a good job you know they did a good job if you don't if you don't compare it you know um but that's my that's my view on coming to america too there were you know there's some sequels out there that were horrible like my cousin and i were talking and saying that dumb and dumber 2 was horrible it was a terrible movie like it just had no storyline you know um but the first one dumb and dumber the first one was i actually really think that's a good movie as a good storyline even though the name you don't think that a, a movie called dumb and dumber would have a good storyline um but it actually really did. The first one that was made in the 90s, I really liked that one. I could watch that over and over. Um, Bad Boys, of course. I love Bad Boys, the first one. The second one, too. The second one's okay. There's some parts in there that are very funny, of course. Um, the third one, I didn't like the third one. I think the third one was was too much. Like it was just it was it was just it was over the top. And I didn't really care for it. And they took, they just, they're taking too long with these sequels, yo. It's just for, it's taking forever. And they're revamping shows. They revamped Full House. They revamped um, Saved by the Bell. They revamped Punky Brewster. And it's, it's just so different. All these shows and movies were created either in the eight, late eighties or early nineties. And that was such a different time then, you know, and I don't know, man. I just feel like just let, let things be beautiful keep them the way they are don't ruin it you know you don't have to i guess it, i don't know i guess again it's just about giving people jobs at this point you know but in conclusion go watch coming to america 2 on amazon prime or however you can um just to support it oh you know what interesting fact about um coming to america 2 the the actor um in it actors james earl jones in the first one so james earl jones and uh who played the king of zamunda and the queen in the first one who was who played eddie murphy's mom was her name was oh my god what is it madge sinclair yes i remembered her name okay so madge sinclair was in the first one and james earl jones um was the king of zamunda so she was the queen so they both of them 
they also did the voices of uh, Mufasa and Sarabi in The Lion King. Isn't that awesome? Like, so they were king and queen in Coming to America and they were king and queen in The Lion King. So that's another amazing thing about Coming to America that it was, it set, it set the bar so high that, you know, they were able to be together in The Lion King as well. And although she passed away, which is unfortunate and sad, you know, she was a really great actress and she leaves a legacy because I, I definitely didn't forget her. And I recognized her voice easily, you know, her voice um, in, even though she didn't have a lot to say in the first one in, in um, Coming to America, I recognized her voice in The Lion King, definitely. So, um, yeah, Madge Sinclair. I remembered her name. I'm so bad with names sometimes, but I, I remembered her name. So, you know, rest in peace to her. It's definitely. I, and you know what? They actually did like a portrait of her in the second one, which I thought was really nice. You know, they honored her memory and I thought that was awesome. And James Earl Jones looks good. I, th You know what? Let me say that too. A lot of these people look good still. Like Eddie Murphy looks good. Arsenio Hall looks good. Uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway looks good. The what She was the one who was like, he, she was supposed to marry, um, what's his name? Oh God, Eddie Murphy. And he didn't marry her. She was the one jumping on one foot. <laughs> um, and um who else looks good oh the the girl who plays lisa mcdowell looks good louis yeah louis anderson was in it i don't think he would have been working at mcdowell still and neither you know all that all that was just like okay fine they wanted to keep those things in that's fine but i i don't think that nobody's gonna be working at mr at, at mcdowell's 40 years later and all that you know or the barbershop so ah uh, anyways um okay so last on the agenda i have about four minutes left so last but not least i would be remiss if i didn't talk about this okay so amongst all that prince harry and sharon osborne and all this stuff going on it came to my attention that they're trying to do space jam 2 so this is another thing space jam 1 came out in what 1995 or something like that 96 i don't remember but they're trying to do a space jam 2 and in doing that with the looney tunes and all that now they are canceling Pepe Le Pew, the skunk from Looney Tunes, because he represents rape culture. They, they find him rapey. And I, I find that very, like, interesting, I will say. It's, it's, and a lot of people are outraged by that. A lot of people are like, what the hell's wrong with cancel culture? And I talked about cancel culture last week, which is insane, that I, you know, like, with my sister and that that literally right after we did the episode about cancel culture, they canceled Pepe Le Pew. And I was like, what in the hell? Like when I, okay, now let's talk about Pepe Le Pew for a second. Okay. So he was this, the French skunk who was very aggressive in his approach to woo the cat who had that always managed to have some like paint down their, you know, like down their body, you know, from the head to the back, to the tail, you know? It was always a cat, just a regular stray cat where he would, the skunk would pursue this cat. Now, watching this as a child, I just thought that he was very attracted to her and was trying to woo her and was just very romantic. So it was a French, um, a French skunk. So I'm thinking that this is how I knew that, like, I didn't know what language it was or whatever, but I knew that it wasn't English and he like that, that's something to do with culture. So I thought that maybe he's a romantic French skunk 
and this is just how they get down you know like i didn't i didn't associate it with rape but if you do look at it it, it is it is aggressive but i don't know i just feel like who created it in the first place you know and even if he did represent rape, rape culture back then or whatever, like if you're doing a Space Jam 2, you have the ability to, to change that. People are not even going to, people this generation don't even know who Pepe Le Pew is. We do. So it's somebody from our generation who was like, nah, we can't include him, you know? I think that's insane. And then they said something about canceling Miss Piggy because she's the same. She was aggressively trying to attack Kermit the Frog. And it's like, listen, what we won't do is cancel miss piggy because she is glamorous as shit and i loved her growing up and i wanted to totally be as glamorous as that yes i wanted to be glamorous like that pig she, she and that's the thing she defied the whole pig image because she was with her furs and her gloves and the ring on top and the diamonds you kidding me miss piggy was everything and that's my time for tonight so i'm just saying if we're gonna go back and look at things that we love you know, either we fix it, make it better, but don't cancel it, you know? So, Pepe Le Pew, we love you, and we're sorry that you got canceled and got caught up in cancel culture. I don't know if Space Jam 2 is going to be good, but we'll see. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Please tune in next week, and be good to each other, and don't cancel anything. Till next week.